Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. For the last few weeks, I've been looking at the context of prophetic ministry, but from a New Testament perspective. And we've recognized that there's a significant difference between Old Covenant, Old Testament prophets, and what we're supposed to be doing as New Testament, New Covenant believers. And that many people model their ministry on the old covenant instead of crossing over and stepping into the new and that we are called to actually live and move in the realm of the spirit but from a new testament perspective do you remember that okay i'm accustomed to a little more kind of like hello john we're with you we're actually alive and and Okay, when you start nodding off to sleep, it's the wrong kind of nodding that I'm looking for. I'm looking for (laughs) nods of agreement. Okay, so with this this little series that um, we, we find ourselves in, stumbled into it without recognizing at first how big this thing is And as I've been chewing on it, I've come to the point of realizing that actually we need to take our time over this focus right now. When we discover a, a truth, when something that has been lacking in our understanding and our revelation, and, and there's a new thing that comes to us, often it takes a significant amount of digging into that truth, of allowing the Holy Spirit to amplify and to supplement and complement the the kernel of the truth. There's so much around it that helps to nurture what it is that God is wanting us to grab a hold of. Right? Right. Okay, fantastic. And so... When, when we step into something new, it's kind of like we take a long time. When we look at something that we've known from the past, we, we tend to gloss over it. Oh, I already know this. And we skip over. But there's, a, there's an interesting challenge with this. And that is that there's some in the family here who are new to some of these truths that we're looking at. So we've come from different you know, places in our journey and our walk with the Lord. We've had different lengths of journeying with the Lord. And for, for some of us, we've been focusing on other areas and we didn't necessarily focus on this. And so it's kind of relatively new to us. We've heard a little bit, but we don't really know a heck of a lot. Or we've observed other people doing things And we think, oh, that's just the way it's got to be done because they were modeling something. But as we go back to the scriptures, we'd have a look, see, oh, hang on, wait a minute, that's not in the scriptures. I need to adjust not just my thinking, but my practice. I need to live differently because I understand from the scriptures, oh, there's a different understanding that's come. And in fact, some of these things that are observed and then began to do myself because I thought I was being discipled, I actually recognize actually they're counterproductive to the kingdom. Yeah? Many of us, or hopefully all of us, are being changed from glory to glory. True? True? And we're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to change from glory to glory. I want to get an upgrade. Well, what does a change entail? It means you have to leave something behind. You have to maybe trade it in, release it, get rid of it, so that you can move to the new. 
Yeah, if your hands are too full with all the old stuff, there's no room for the new. Some of the things you actually got to lay down so you've got capacity to take up the new. Mm -hmm. Some of the things worked in a previous season but will not work in the next season. Some of the things you could get away with because of his mercy. But it wasn't his approval. He was just waiting for you to grow up. When my children were really tiny and they wrote on the walls of the house. You know, the first time it's kind of like, oh no. But because they didn't know any better, they needed some instruction. If at 15 years of age, they're still drawing on the walls, grace has run out. And I will run them out. In other words, as we mature, there's certain things we've got to change. There's certain things that we were okay with that in terms of the Lord said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll address this with you at a later stage in your spiritual development, in your maturity. And some people misunderstand the grace, the permission, if you like, in the early stages as God's approval. Like, this is his approval. He's okay with this, so this must be right. We're misunderstanding his grace until the time when we can grow up and mature. And so we do undergo change. We do grow up. We do leave some of the elementary things behind and we step into other things. We, we do leave the milk to one side in order that we might reach for the meat. Right? Okay. And in this process, we all undergoing change. And one of the things that I was just reflecting on because, you know, it's like I hadn't really intended for this to be like a long series. This is, I think, week five with a couple of interruptions by one or two other speakers. So this is like a month and a half we've been at this. And I thought this was going to be a one morning standalone, like say a few things and move along. I haven't even got to what I thought I was going to say and I'm still not there yet and I'm not even going to get there this morning. In other words, this, is, this has caught me by surprise in the sense that, oh, there's a lot more for us to look at. It's like the Holy Spirit is kind of like, hang on, there are layers to this thing. We need to go like, let's go back there so that we can get here. If you jump straight to here without going back there, there are a few wrinkles along the way that won't get ironed out. Does it make sense? The other thing is that for, for some of these areas, and I mean, obviously right now we're talking about you know, the gifts of the Spirit, we're talking about prophecy, we're talking about tongues, we're talking about tongues and interpretation. This is sort of the area where we're at in this little series. But the same kind of principle could apply in other areas of, of truth. You know, kingdom, grace, love, you know, the future, all of these wonderful things. Some of us have had long experience in these things. And for some of us, it's like, oh, I didn't come from a place where they had any value for this. There was no real teaching around this. We saw a couple of people do things and so therefore we just act out. But we don't even know why we do what we do. Yeah? I, um, I've noticed a few people when they pray and I can tell the kind of church background that they were part of by the way they pray. So if they have this you know, sense of like God's moving powerfully. Yeah, they will uh, start uh, to pray uh, with a kind of uh, 
emphasis on their words. But they don't talk like that normally. And they associate the power of God, the presence of God, with this unusual way of communicating. It's like, why do they do that? So, oh, you came from a Pentecostal background, which is different from a charismatic background, which is different from an evangelical background. So we've got different roots that feed into our spiritual journey. And why do all these guys uh, pray uh, like a this uh? Oh, that's because there was one Bible teacher who was very senior in the Pentecostal movement and denominations who was also a lecturer at one of their universities where they all went to and the students heard this professor or teacher, I don't know if he was a professor, and they thought, oh, he's anointed, he prays like this, therefore if I want to be anointed, I better pray like that. So there's copycat, but one person was doing it and maybe it was genuine for him. Why is everybody else doing it? Don't really know. We're just copying somebody else's behavior. It's like, is there scripture for it? No. Why are you doing it? Well, we've always done it this way. Why? We don't know. Do you have to? Suppose not. Okay. If somebody comes from more of a, say, conservative denominational background, they will probably tend, when they're praying and even prophesying, revert to King James kind of English. Thus saith the Lord, I was with thee this week. And thus I say unto thee. It's kind of like, what? Like no one talks like that anymore. Why, do, why are you going to? It's kind of like you're drawing on something from your past and you've watched other people do it and you don't really know why you're doing it. Okay? So hopefully that was a little bit humorous and, and not really you know, attacking or whatever. Just like, hey, just stop and think. If you start a praying a, like a this, a, you don't have to. In fact, we'd probably prefer you not to. And God will be with thee and thine household henceforth and forevermore. We, we, don't, we don't have to pray like that. We don't have to do that, okay? So... Let's just be naturally supernatural, supernaturally natural. Not putting on airs and graces, like we're pretending we're something we're not. Oh, if I do this, then I will be holy. No, no. We're holy because he makes us holy. And we're just living all of our lives. Every minute we're living for him. Not when we suddenly put on some kind of a facade. So let's not do the facade thing. Let's not be somebody else. Let's be authentically who God has called us to be as he's shaping us and molding us more into the image of Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay. So we've got some of these areas that are, are new to a number of people. And I was just like, oh yeah. Look, if you were... If you were only joining the church family here within the last five years, your experience of breakthrough is very different from if you were you know, here from longer than that. You probably don't know that we used to worship downstairs in a different venue, in a different auditorium. And it was much more of a smaller and intimate venue, low ceiling and, and very kind of... And it was opportunity for us to, to really launch ourselves in spontaneous praise and words of declaration and adoration, exalting the Lord. And when we'd have, between our songs, there would be this, this, this wave, if you like, of people just 
praise the Lord in their own words in the, spontaneously and there would be like clapping and cheering and whistling and, and in, in the high praises. And that's, that's just who we are. And we come up into this building and now we get a whole bunch of people that are joined and that's not their culture and they're kind of like, It's like, how did we lose this thing? Because we believe that there needs to be the opportunity for us to bring our praises. May the meditation of my heart find expression. Yeah? And so... I was just saying to the worship folk who were gathered yesterday, we had a great time um, with the, the worshiping community and just saying, you know what? Let us be those people who set the tone. Like we create the environment. Because new people come among us, they're kind of like, okay, what can we do? And they're, they're kind of like observing what's possible, what's permissible. And they're kind of like, okay. Nobody does that. Okay, then I don't do it either. I mean, we used to be a people who would dance around, sometimes on our chairs. And there would be shouts of praise and there would be, you know, all the spontaneous stuff. It's kind of like, you know what, that's actually who we are. It's not like, oh, we're waiting for the band and they have to actually do it and then we can only praise the Lord when they're making, you know, lots of, music and when they between songs then we all just go quiet that's not us I've scared some of you okay so how about you accept the invitation that next Sunday between songs you're going to release your own words of praise Oh, you can clap. You can clap. That's amazing. Hey, you can clap as well. Between songs, you can clap as well. We'll allow that. Yeah? Dancing? Are we allowed to dance in church? You bet. You want to stand on your chair next week? Some of you, yes. Some of you, no ways. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Listen, we do pray for healing. If you fall off, we'll pray for you. Okay. Okay. So I'm making a bit of fun, but in the operating, the moving in the gifts of the Spirit, some of us kind of like, uh, do, do we do this? Is this is who we are? We say, yes, it is. And if you're in the family, this is what the family does. And they, I know that there are times in their seasons where a family does something a bit more or a bit less and then you recover it. So we're just making sure that we understand this is who we are as the family. Okay. So, would you turn with me please to the first letter to Corinthians and chapter 12. And because of our technical challenges, you're going to have to use your own Bible. So on your phone or whatever it is, just switch it on. And, um, and let's get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to go through hopefully a couple of verses that are going to you know, bring in um, an understanding and an emphasis. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Your, your Bible says something like that? Because you're probably using different translations. But something like that, yes? Yeah? Don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, spiritual things. Okay. Why is Paul saying this? It's code for, dude, you're ignorant. You're messing up. You got this thing wrong. There's some things about spiritual gifts you haven't, you haven't got this thing figured out. 
And he doesn't want them to be ignorant. That's why he's writing. We're so glad that he wrote to them because we get the letter, which means that we can apply the same truths and understanding into our own lives. This is super cool, yes? Okay. Now this is so kind of like mind-blowing that he would write to these guys in Corinth and say, hey, I don't want you to be spiritually ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual things or spiritual gifts. Why is this such a mind blow? Because the church in Corinth actually was very spiritual. And they would speak in tongues. They would have tongues and interpretation. They would have prophecy. They would have the presence of God. They would have all these supernatural things taking place. But it was weird. Super weird. Some of the scholars and the the Bible historians, they, they, they say that the church in Corinth got into this crazy kind of thing where they would be speaking in tongues like for ages. And the guy would stand up and he would preach in tongues. And there was no interpretation. And then when he was finished, the next person would stand up and go off in tongues. Probably a different tongue. And so it was kind of like, guys, what's going on? This is weird. You think you are spiritual, but you're actually ignorant. So there was a lot of spiritual activity taking place, but it needed to have some adjustment. Hello, hello. There's spiritual activity taking place in the breakthrough family, but some of it is going to need some adjustment. Are we together? Okay. So the whole point is that we might embark on a journey together to ensure that some of the things that we might not have had a lot of focus on in the recent past that we've just taken it like, hey, everybody knows this stuff, actually recognizing that there are whole people who've joined the church in the last little while who don't know some of the fundamental things that we just assume, hey, we all know this stuff. That's why I think the Holy Spirit is just like slowing this whole thing down and we're in a bit of a series. Are we okay? So if you wouldn't mind... You know, just exercising grace and patience with me and together. As we look at some of these things, some of them you're kind of like, oh, I know that. I've known that, you know, for, for years. And for some of the things, they're kind of like, oh, I understood it differently. All these years, actually, I had a different take. But now I see in the scriptures, hey, I need to do something differently. That's good. So the fact that we're able to take time is going to help us to look at some of these smaller things that hopefully will bring better fruit in our lives in the future. And for some, it's like, man, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I didn't even know that this thing was possible. Like for us, real? Like, woo, tell me more. I'm going to do that. Okay. So, Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay, so the Holy Spirit poured out the gifts and Paul is explaining the different gifts and he said, now the demonstration, the manifestation, the evidence, the signs that God is moving and that the Holy Spirit is working powerfully in and through his people and we are are moving in the Spirit with these different gifts and it's been given so that we can look like superheroes. Nope. It's been given so we can have a few high-profile people that can wow the crowd. No? No, it's been given for the common good. Paul, he's writing and he's making sure that we understand 
that the moving of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, tongues, tongues and interpretation, prophecy, gift of prophecy, supernatural signs and wonders. This is not so we can have some people up on a pedestal wowing the crowds. Like strutting their stuff. Yeah, you want an appointment with me? That'll be 5,000 US dollars. Because I am the man of God. Okay? Now, for, for some of you, you've been seeing various news outlets, you know exactly who I'm talking about, who does this very thing in this country as a man of God. In fact, there are a number of these guys who do this kind of thing. And they use the, supposedly the gifts of the Spirit to elevate themselves and not so much for the common good, but for their own individual good. So we noticed already that chapter 13 is sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14. It's profound revelation. <laughs> chapter 13 is all about love in the context of the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit. It's not, oh, Paul was running out of things to say. He had a Biden moment, moved off, talking about love. Then they pulled him back. He says, oh, I'm actually supposed to be focusing on this. No, the Holy Spirit is inspiring Paul and he's, he's, he's bringing this understanding that the, the gifts of the Spirit and everything in terms of the supernatural is flowing out of the love of God. And love is not self-seeking. Supernatural ministry is not self-seeking. A couple of weeks ago I was just speaking about how some people have, have used the gifts to their own ends and how prophets actually manipulate people to part with their money. And so the prophet makes a profit out of the people. And this person who I, I didn't get to meet, but was just sharing with one of the people in the, 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 the visitor center, it's like, oh my goodness, I lost everything. Lost my house, I lost my bank balance, I lost everything because the man of God prophesied it out of me. Yeah, it breaks my heart, man. But also, just like, man, this thing is more rife than probably many of us think. And the fact that we've got to extradite people back to this country to face charges for abusing the scriptures, doing exactly what I just told you, charging thousands of dollars for an appointment and, and fraudulently working with millions and millions and millions of rands. I mean, how does a pastor have, what, is it 13 passports? That is ridiculous, man. Yeah. Okay. So, it's not that we have the need for superstars. The gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. And then Paul, he spends a nice chunk of time in chapter 12 speaking about the fact that the body is made up of different parts. You know, we've got an eye and we've got an ear, we've got feet, we've got hands, we've got all these different parts of the body. And his point is that for the body to operate, all the parts need to be there. And, you know, he's saying this in the context of the supernatural gifts. We need the gifts, 
but this gift and that gift and that gift and that, it's just like parts of the body they're all important so let's not elevate somebody up on a pedestal because they're a toe it's just, they're just a toe it's like, oh, oh have you seen my toe hey everybody come see my toe this weekend only Why, why do we, as the body of Christ, enable those people to go rogue? Because as much as we can say, whoever is using the gifts and the ministry to manipulate and get money out of people, we too, as the body of Christ, have enabled those people to do that. So there's also a sense in which we need to have repentance. It's like, oh, man, actually this is not good. We've been allowing and enabling this kind of behavior to take place in the name of Jesus. And it's not. It's in their own name. They're peddling the gospel for their own financial ends. Paul writes to Timothy, he's got some very strong words to say about people who do that. Yeah, so let's stop enabling that stuff, right? So the gifts are given for the common good, meaning that each of the parts of the body are important. Everybody is important. Let's not get into some strange idea that only people who stand on a platform are important. I mean, where are we getting this from? Paul is, is actively saying, hey, church, hey, body, recognize we're all special. And some of the parts are more visible than others. Like, you can't see my spleen. You can't see my intestines. Yeah, I need them. You're probably rejoicing that you can't see them. Let's go, yeah. Sometimes you watch those doctor's programs, it's kind of like, oh, I can't watch. Yeah. It's like we don't want to see all of the, like in the body, not everything is visible, and it's okay. But do I need my colon? Yeah. Jolly right, I do. Yeah. For effective you know, health, all the parts of the body need to be there. Why is he saying it? Because he was running out of something to say? No, just needed to fill up like words in an essay. Come on, you all did that at school. <laughs> 350 words, what am I going to say? And so they went to the... Paul wasn't just trying to fill up words in the letter. He is helping us by the inspiration of the Spirit to recognize that the working and the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, tongues, all these things, it's in the context of the family, the body. And every single one of us is important. And if your gift is this, it doesn't make you more important, neither does it make you less important. We all need to contribute. Mm-hmm. So let us not enable people to get up on a, pla- on a pedestal or a platform that God is not putting. Let, let us not participate in this enabling. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. Oh, I need that person to prophesy. You see, because they give phone numbers and bank account numbers and residential addresses. I need that person. And we elevate some gifts. Listen, if they're a fellow believer, you don't need to be wowed 
as an unbeliever would need to be wowed. You've got the spirit inside. You can discern. They don't need to tell you your, your phone number for you to say, oh yeah, God's got me. No, you know you're a child of God. God's got you. You know this. You don't need to be wowed. Right? So, hey, let's be careful that when there are people who operate at a high level of gifting, that we don't elevate them beyond the recognition God loves them and they're a fellow believer. They're walking in their walk. We celebrate. Go for it. You're amazing. I'm also important. It's not like, I'm a worm and you're amazing. Nope. My sheep hear my voice. Are you a sheep? You hear his voice. What's the prophet doing? They're just helping you to know that you can hear his voice. So they help you and they confirm what God's already spoken to you. Okay. I need a word from the Lord. Read your Bible. Given for the common good. Yeah? And so, you know, as we, we, we give ourselves to honoring what the Lord's doing and these, these gifts that he's giving, we actually posture ourselves in a particular way. When something is new, hey, have you seen this? Like, whoa, can't wait. And there's excitement, there's energy, there's focus, there's eagerness. Yeah. So, like my boys, there's a new game that comes out. It's like, they're all over that thing. And after six months, and after a year, two years, forgotten. It's human nature, right? Okay. For some of us, when we were first hearing about the gifts of the Spirit, <laughs> so excited. And now, oh, I heard this before. Tell me something new. Got a couple of verses for you. Verse 31. First Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse 31. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. You got a verse something like that there? Eagerly desire. Okay? So there's eager and there's desire. Desire is to want, to pursue. Yeah? Some believers, ah, you know what? If God wants to give it to me, he'll just drop it on me. There's no desire. The scripture says desire it. There's a heart that is open for it and pursuing it. We're posturing ourselves like with anticipation and eagerness that we actually want this. Uh, well, I'm not sure if God wants to give it to me. It's like, so you t- turn yourself off. No, turn yourself on. Flick the switch to the on position. Desire, go after, seek, and do it Eagerly. Yeah? Chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. Follow the way of love. Okay, so he's just had chapter 13, the love chapter. It's in the context of the supernatural, right? Verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Can we see? We get the repeat. Now in scripture, when there's a repeat, it's not because God has forgotten what he said. 
is because he's wanting to grab hold of our attention that we might know he's serious about this. It's important. He wants us to pay attention. So he comes back by the inspiration of the Spirit, says again as he starts out in chapter 14. And remember, in the original, there's no chapter breaks. This is the one long letter. Yeah? So sometimes we just, okay, I'll get to the end of chapter 13, close it, I'll come back tomorrow and start at the beginning of chapter 14. And we put these artificial breaks in the letter that were not there in the original. It's meant to understand that 13 about love is right in the heart of this thing about walking, moving in the supernatural. Okay? It's not separated, it is together. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So again, we've got this eager thing and we've got this desiring. So there's a posturing of our hearts and our lives. We're actually going after this thing okay, with a particular kind of attitude. Verse 12 of chapter 14. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. So you are eager Kind of like, he's prophesying. He says, you guys are eager. I can see you guys are eager. You wouldn't be in this building if you weren't eager. Yeah? God's got you here because you're eager. Yeah? Come on, nudge the person. I'm an eager beaver. That's me. I'm eager. Verse 39. Therefore, my brothers... Be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. What's going on here? So he's had this long time of teaching and training and instruction in his letter. It starts in chapter 11 with we call the Lord's Supper. Judging the body right. He's going to come back and talk about the body, but he says, judge the body right. And, and in the context of the gathering and communion and recognizing we're part of the new covenant and we're living right with God and with one another, discern the body, not just discern the bread, discern the body. Lots going on for a few people. Now, we're in this new and living way by the Spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant about this life that you're in and the, the spiritual gifts because you're in the body and it's for the common good and we all need each other and the eye and the ear and we all need to be doing what God has called us to do. And we need to function and be happy and content with who God has made us to be. So we want the feet to run and we want the nose to smell. But some of you, you want your nose to run. Oh dear, some of you, your feet smell. We're jealous about what other people's gifts are instead of, hey, this is who God has made me. This is what he's given me. Let me operate in this thing because we're all special. Oh, they're more special. No, no, no. A person with a microphone is not more special than someone without a microphone. We've got to get this thing. I mean, we've only had 500 years from the Reformation. It was, this is the big thing. There's no big separation between the clergy, those who are high and lifted up in their pulpits, and the laity, the sacred secular divide. The Reformation 500 years ago sorted that out. Why do we go back to it? Let's not go back to it. Let's not put people up on a pedestal. Oh, I'm just a, you know, an ordinary believer. No such thing as an ordinary believer. You're an extraordinary believer. And so we eagerly desire. 
And it's about building up the body and it's in love and it's empowered by the spirit and we're honoring one another and we've all got a role and we've all got a place and we're all special and we're all doing what God has called us to do and we do this with an attitude of eagerness. We're eagerly desiring these things and he pops in here and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Why would the Holy Spirit drop this in this letter 2,000 years ago? (laughs) Because, unfortunately, many of the gatherings of God's people, church, forbid speaking in tongues. That's weird. Why is that weird? Well, you better come back next week and find out. When we know, when we know the power of moving in the gifts of the Spirit, and just in tongues, for example, these are power tools, man. Power, power. And we've we've got to grow up in the way in which we use these things. If you give a child a firearm, I mean that's a powerful instrument, it can cause a lot of destruction. Used correctly, man, it makes a positive impact. You're going hunting, you need a firearm, otherwise you're going hungry. (laughs) Change your name. Used to be called hunter, now called vegetarian. (laughs) Relax, man, I do eat my veggies. But the power tools, we don't just give them to toddlers that don't know how to use them, need to grow up. You know what, with the tools, these are powerful tools in the spirit. We need to grow up. Not stay with milk, move to the things of meat, and we use these tools because he's given them to us and he wants us to use them. He's not kind of like withholding them from us. He's saying, hey guys, come along. Let's move along and let's use these tools effectively, powerfully advancing the kingdom. Does this make sense? Eagerly desire and don't forbid using these powerful tools. Why? Because the church is going to get built up. Our lives are going to be strengthened. His kingdom is going to advance. Amen. Amen. So, There is no clock at the back, but I know it's time. Would you stand? You know, how about we just ask the Lord to stir up eagerness, a fresh eagerness again for these these things. Some of them hey, we used to pay a lot of attention in the past and not so much right now. Lord, would you work in our hearts and our lives? Even as you gave us a word at the beginning of the year to be intentional. Cause us now to be intentional about being eager to desire these things that you want to give us anyway. Yeah? So let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you stir up deep within us, not just something that's coming from the surface or we conjuring up ourselves, but we're asking by the power of the Spirit, revelation would come and a divine stirring would be moving on the inside of us that a hunger, an eagerness, a desire to move in the things of the spirit it would rise and rise and rise and cause us to to pursue that we might apprehend the very thing that you have for us yeah 
So thank you, Lord, that you're causing us, you're causing your church, you're causing your people, you're causing the body of Christ to grow up and to move into greater levels of maturity. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to participate in what you're doing on the earth. So stir it up afresh and anew in our hearts and our lives today and in the days to come that we might be good stewards of all that you have for us. Hallelujah. So Lord, I'm asking for each one as we go from this place, we would go in your peace. As we carry peace wherever we go, we would experience Prince of Peace deep in the inside of us. We thank you, Lord, for a joy, even as we were singing this morning, just a a lightness and a bubble that just boosts us and causes us to be that person in the office that brings hope and life and an expectation of goodness into the office. That we finish the year strong with a bounce in our step, striding forward because God is with us. Thank you, Lord, for a hedge of protection around your people and for a release of your supernatural provision for all that we have need of. We ask these things in the name of the Father who loves us an everlasting love with a compassion and a tenderness and a mercy wants to hold us in his bosom that we might experience the enveloping of his love We pray this in the name of the Son, the victorious one, but he gave himself for us that we would live in freedom, we would live in victory, we would live in the goodness of God. And we pray these things in the name of the Spirit, the one who's come alongside to encourage and strengthen and comfort us and help us in our time of need. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bless you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can just feel there's something different in the atmosphere, can't you? Yeah. Okay. So you know what? We're just not going to have a ministry team this morning. Yeah, We're just not going to be religious about this. We're going to hug one another. And we're going to hug the hell out of them. <laughs> and we're going to hug heaven into them. Yeah? Just say, God loves you. God loves you. Whatever your need is, I pray that the Lord meets your need. All right? And so, love on one another and then invite each other down for coffee and tea downstairs. Just enjoy the goodness of God together. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Take care.